Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Caro. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We've also got our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, and review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. Thanks for joining us. Uh, episode 66 here of the Sipping Social Podcast. Nice and frigid outside on a cold day, and I'm in, uh, we're in this nice, cozy basement, Johnny's basement. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good sitting here with you boys. How are we feeling today? Feeling good. I got the Christmas lights set up for you guys a little bit early, uh, but uh, they're some, up. Some good ambiance right there. Nice little vibes here, Christmas vibes. My favorite Garrett. part about this weather is that uh, you can leave your water bottle in the car and it's still cold and you come back and get it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said that last year at the so same cold. time. Dude. It's one of the things you look forward to. In winter, oh, yeah. but and then when you get in the car, you're like, I don't want to drink it. It's too cold. Yeah. The heat can't keep up if I'm put a, pumping uh, cold water in my belly. But There you go. Yeah. We got, some, we got the holiday season coming up. Everybody be safe during the holiday season, but enjoy it. Um, let's have a cheers before we get into this awesome podcast. Uh, Johnny, what are you sipping on? I am sipping on, I just poured this for myself, um, it's a Michter's Straight Rye Single Barrel, Old Fashioned. Ooh, sounds tasty. Looks good, too. Looks nice. like a pro made it over there. Yeah, I'm trying. I uh, got a little uh, <laughs> Phase 3 Rye Lager over here. Um, shout out to the boys and gals at Phase 3 for making good beer. And uh, Garrett, uh, what are you drinking on over there? I got some water from the car. Nice oh, and cold. Per- nice and cold. <laughs> cheers, yeah, cheers, dude. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Let's have some fun. Mm. It's a good old fashioned Johnny. It's delicious, made by me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it, you know, it, j- drinks. Good drinks are a little bit different than good food. I feel like good food always tastes better when somebody else makes it. Good drinks taste really, really good when you make it oh, and you, you know, like so true. you like confirm it that you're like, yeah. I, I made a good cocktail. Yeah, yeah, it tastes really good. <laughs> um, before we get into anything, uh, we got to thank our last guest, episode 65, Ian Sturzman from Ross and Squibb Distillery in Indiana, and uh, we had a good time with that dude, didn't we? That guy was awesome. He was a lot of fun. I, I thought he was one of the more dynamic guests we've had on. I don't know if he was just maybe like a lot younger than most of the guests that we've had on. I don't know, younger, but like he's younger than a lot of the master distillers we've had on. That's what I meant. At 36 years old. Very established in his his like industry already, uh, but a lot of fun and very knowledgeable. And probably like a name not a lot of people know about. No, but I keep an eye I keep an eye out for him because if he's thirty six, he's already a master distiller. Think of what kind of like legend this dude could be 20, 30 years down the road if he continues on that path. You know, what I was thinking about today, like we're talking about like the succession from Greg Metz to Ian, like uh, and like he was like the right place, right time. Yeah. Uh, like he's not going anywhere anytime soon. He wants right. to work there. Like yeah. he likes being in that Cincinnati area. Like. Like outside of Cincinnati, so like, it's not like an ideal job to go as like a assistant uh, to try to become the master stiller at MGP or. Yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna yeah. be there for a while. <laughs> yeah, Keep yeah. an eye out for his juice. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> 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 I I just thought um, backup quarterback to Tom Brady. The it's history, not a good situation. <laughs> the history and the lore of where their distilleries come from is just so cool. Yeah. I mean, not a lot of the people we've had on have that kind of pedigree as far as the distilleries go and the, the ancient lore that comes out of that. Yeah, the, the heritage brands, as yes. he calls them. Ooh, yeah. very wise. Yeah. I, I liked it. I was intrigued by the heritage brands. 
Who don't? Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Ian. Anytime you're around, uh, he, he said he listened to a couple of the episodes. So, Ian, anytime you're around, text Garrett, and uh, we'll get together with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude. We'll take care of you. Uh, speaking of whiskey, we've gotten to do a lot of cool whiskey things recently. We really touched we touched on that we were going to Kentucky, but we didn't talk about it yet on the podcast. Is that correct? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. No. So, Garrett, give us a quick rundown of what the last trip to Kentucky and some of the barrels we bought and some of the distilleries we went to. Yeah, so we went down on a Monday, came back on Thursday. Uh, Monday, was kind of, we just did like a quick tour of Angel's Envy and messed around a little bit. And then on Tuesday, we went to Heaven Hill and got to go to one of their newest rickhouses that actually people were working in, which is pretty cool. Like yeah. They were rolling barrels down the hallways and into trucks. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. Really loud. But awesome. But really cool. I wish I would have asked if they would have let me roll a barrel. I guarantee you they wouldn't, but they should have. I know that would have been just a cool experience. I can't imagine the like the lawsuit would have happened or like the insurance if, like, if you would hurt yourself. I could have gotten through that without hurting myself. I, I might have hurt somebody else. That's possible. But or I the think barrel. I, gotten, I would want to roll you. <laughs> yeah. In the barrel. Roll you down the the lane. Yeah, instead, Not in a barrel. No. Yeah. Just roll instead you down. of going down Niagara Falls, you go down the Rickhouse <laughs> A at Heaven Hill. Somersaults. <laughs> yeah. Just down the yep. road, right into the truck. Yep. That would be a pretty funny video. That was cool. We got to pick a uh, cast strength. Uh, Elijah Craig Barrel. I made an offhand comment that we should be able to pick up two while we're there. And the lady's like, well, I don't know if you really can. No one else is really allowed to. And uh, so I sent a message to the Illinois uh, Heaven Hill rep, and he got back to me a little bit late because the cell phone service wasn't great. And so he allowed us to pick two. Thankfully, I uh, Nosy Garrett was sampling other barrels while we were kind of screwing around after we picked our barrel and tried some other barrels and Found one that was really good, so we got two barrels while we we're down there, Incredible. which is pretty sweet. We got one at Cast Strength and one at 94, which is uh, usually one of the ones I I gravitate to more. Yeah, we talked Elijah about Craig. that on the on the past that you love those single barrels. Oh, uh, those 94 single barrel Elijah Craig's so good. And then um, we hung out with our lady friends at uh, Lady Four Friends Roses. is a bad word. Yeah, yeah. But our, our friends our who are ladies, our gal pals. Yeah. yeah. Um, at Four Roses, who we did, we're going to talk about them in a little bit with this pick we're going to talk about, and then we hung out at. Mictors for a little bit, and we did a pick at Lux Row. We got a, a an Ezra Brooks cast strength. Um, so if you like the one that Bourbon Belly did before, or like the, you like the Yellowstone that's out now, um, it's the same. They're not going to deny it, but it's the same mash bill. Um, so that that turned out pretty cool. Got to meet the master distiller there. Yeah, we met we met him. He was really nice. Yeah, he was. I want to touch on the Four Roses real quick. We're going to drink, um, not to jump ahead, but we're going to drink some Four Roses later, and we're going to talk about. Uh, the two gals that helped us out, which we've done a little bit on the, ba- on the in the past, but we just showed up. They were closed. The gate was locked. Security guard comes out. Garrett says, we have gifts for the gals in the single barrel program. He goes, let me call down there, see if uh, they're available. He comes out like three minutes later, and like we're just like, there's no way we're going to be able to see these gals. No. Uh, and we, we're literally just dropping gifts off. He's like, oh, I got no cell phone service, but uh, you guys know where it's at, right? And we're like, yeah, we've been here before. He goes, all right, sweet. Gate opens. We just drive onto Four Roses. It's not open to the public. It's not open to anybody. <laughs> really? Yeah, we just drive onto the what? property, drive down to where the single barrel uh, like warehouse. Uh, warehouse is. Garrett knocks on a side door, and I think it's Amanda's her name, right? Yeah. Amanda opens the door. She's like, what are you guys doing? Well, some other guy came to the door. like, who okay. are you guys? We're like, we're looking for Amanda and Merritt. Mallory? Merritt. Like, couldn't remember. He's like, oh, yeah, hold on. I'm about to leave, but I'll see if they're around. And she comes about, opens the door, lets us in, gives us all hugs. We give her her gifts, and uh, she's like, well, you want to come try some stuff? I'm like, 
So nice. we go wrangle everyone else out of the car. This is where it got special, though, because I'm trying to make this as quick as possible without like lingering on this. This is where it gets really special. So she goes, since you guys are here, you want to try some whiskey? Garrett goes, we got a car full of people outside. She's like, bring them in. Yeah. So she ends up setting up this private whiskey tasting for the six of There were six of us total. Pulls out all the stuff. And she brings out some 14 and 17 year single barrel Four Roses. You had five different pours. It would never get released to the public because it was the end of single barrels that had already been bought. So what and these she was were like saying, special ones, like for like auction that for they like auction saved. that Damn. they saved. And she, anyway, I go. I actually asked her. I said, "What's going to happen with this whiskey if you didn't hold it back?" She's like, "I just would have gotten blended it with the Four Roses small batch." She's like, "But this whiskey was so special, I had to hold back samples of all this stuff." So she poured out five samples of these fourteen to seventeen year old single barrel Four Roses that nobody's ever going to get to drink. That's great, except for the people who bought the yeah, barrel. Who got the and barrel they, at the they, she said those, those auction barrels were going for like three hundred thousand dollars. Like it was a charity fundraiser, really. Yeah. I was really excited. It was, it was really <laughs> I cool. I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> this is so cool. So once again, shout out to Four Roses. And then we she hooked us up with like swag and glassware. Yeah, and sent us all home with more glassware. Yeah. And like for everybody, it was really, really cool. So great trip. And uh, can't wait to go down and see Four Roses again every time we go down there. So quick side note about that. So I brought Johnny back a little gift basket. Like, every, like if you went and picked a barrel, you got like a little bag with like some pretzels and some crackers and a glass and a bottle of water that said four roses and i give it to john and he, he looks at it like scoffs at all of it pulls the water bottle and like chugs half of it he goes oh i was so thirsty <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed your gift basket <laughs> oh it was funny like it came like the with the whiskey and like and he could have just given me like the vials or whatever and or the little bottle you know yeah but he gave me the whole thing, <laughs> all the like the pretzels that he brought back. From yeah, the as yeah. if you were there with us. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so, so you're there in spirit. Um, and then the last day was really special. We got to go to Castle and Key yep. Distillery, which is bomb. The old Taylor Distillery. That place is gorgeous. You have to go there. Um, we have a couple posts on it that we did like the day after, and uh, just the the tour was top notch. The we kept on like asking more questions, and she kept on saying yes and. I think she was there for two hours longer than she wanted yeah, to Yeah, she be. really went above and beyond for being a host of what she was doing. Um, the the executive chef that was with us asked if we could see where the barrel was laid to rest in the, the Rick house. And I kind of thought we had already overextended our time at that point. And she's like, kind of like, you could see her, like the wheels like turning her head. She's like, I know where it is. I don't think I'm supposed to take anybody up there. Then the fifth floor, the, the top floor. She's like, Nah, fuck it. Let's just go up there. She literally like <laughs> took us to, on all these like on a, on a excursion or actually like a scavenger hunt to find where this barrel was laid to rest. We found the spot. The barrel wasn't there because they had moved it into the produ- production facility. But we saw the other barrels like where it was like on the fifth floor. And Garrett made the comment. He goes, "I've never been on any other floor than floor one in a rec house or rick house yeah. or warehouse like this." So just being on the fifth floor in this really old, cool hot. spot, couldn't stand up straight. It was so it wasn't tall enough for people yeah. to stand up, and it was just such a cool experience. And that it, if you're in near Frankfort, Kentucky, go way out of your way to go to Castle and Key. It's yeah, wor- it's worth every penny you spend there. It's such a cool, cool place. Well, I think a lot of people are going to try to go to Woodford in general. Like That's just like a big brand. It's like five and minutes it's, away. I think it's like seven minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was five to seven minutes away from that. So, um, <clears throat> Great trip. Thanks to the owners for taking great care of us and uh, allowing us to do that. It was very cool. Um, appreciate you guys for doing that. Uh, Garrett, we got another quick blitz coming up to buy a barrel, and this one you're going you're gonna to want to talk about for two seconds. I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. So 
uh, the Bowman distillery. We've talked about them before a little bit. John J. Bowman is a single barrel. It's hundred proof. It's probably a top five bourbon of mine all time. I've been hounding them for like three or four years to try to get a single barrel pick out of them. Uh, and they just don't really do it. They just don't do, they, they do some, but only in Virginia where they're at. Um, and they don't, uh, they just don't offer it that much. They're kind of small. And they finally uh, caved and said yes. So I figured out that we could fly there, stay there two nights, and fly home for a pretty reasonable price. And so uh, the four of, four of us are going to, you, me, and owner and my boss are going to go sprint to D.C., f- take a Amtrak train down to Virginia, pick a barrel, Amtrak back. Then fly out and fly it's, home. It's gonna be a cool. It's gonna be a quick blitz. It's gonna be so. I'm so excited. I I have no idea. Like, I've never heard of anyone say they've ever been to the distillery. Like, I don't know anyone who's actually been there before. I don't know if it's like they have like tours or anything. I, I'm assuming they got something. But, yeah, they gotta have something. But I don't. It's not like a destination spot for, for people. So I'm I'm expecting low, but I'm very excited to be able to try multiple barrels of what I consider a top five bourbon. We'll definitely be bringing it um, to, to try on the podcast when oh. it comes in. Um, There's not going to be any left to sell. But, but look for the Bowman <laughs> Brothers products. Um, their pork cast finish is really, really good. The yeah, small the batch is, is, is like a $30 bottle that you can get that's easy easy drinking. Um, their products are really, really good. And if you buy a uh, John Jay Bowman barrel, a single barrel, and you decide you don't like it, I will buy it off of you Garrett's and, got and you. drink it. Totally. Yeah, He'll reimburse you. Wholeheartedly. For the full bottle. And he'll give you a hug. And yeah, maybe two. Ooh, nice. Um, how about we save six for the end? Um, we just got this kind of exciting. Uh we I was talking about phase three, giving him a shout out, talking about our collab earlier, not that long ago. Garrett and I just got the email saying that the collab that we brewed with these guys a couple weeks ago is gonna be is ready. Uh we'll be ready at our restaurants next week. Classic six and a half percent hazy IPA with some of the uh hot varietals that Garrett and I love. Um, they, they, the hospitality they showed us was fantastic. They sent us home with swag, sent us home with f- four full cases of 16 ounce beers, six, six cases. Yeah. It, either way, they just, they loaded us up. Um, we had a great time. Steven, the rep for our, our restaurants did a great job. Uh, the head brewer, I can't remember her name, but she did a great job and she was so, uh, hospitable and welcoming. And then the director of operations or the operations manager, he did a great job too. Uh, and they bought us some delicious pizza while we were up there. That pizza was really good. It was good. Now, we'd had a couple beers. Well, I still was really good. And you being the, the, the pizza king of Chicago. <laughs> Definitely not the king. <laughs> you, you know good pizza. <laughs> but shout out to Phase 3. We've had them on Drink More Phase 3 beer. Their beer is really, really good. Um, and and much I think a much more approachable price than it used to be. Used well, to be a little bit more expensive when they came out, or at least the other beers have like now become more expensive, so it doesn't seem like it's more so it's than more anybody right, else. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the four packs are on the same level. And as their some s- their other citra other is really really good. Dude, they got great the, beers. I got to try or like smell their citra, and I the citra like people like citra citra pops. It's not true. There's different kinds, and I, this one's really good. Some freshy freshes in there, right? Mm. Awesome. Uh, we talked about what whiskey we're going to try in a little bit. Uh, really, really excited about this. Um, we talked about when Gary and I got to go to Four Roses the last time uh, and, and do the single barrel selection for all of Illinois and Chicago. Garrett picked up some samples from Burger Social, brought them over here. Johnny and I are going to drink them. Garrett's going to put a little bit on his tongue because he's on a little bit of a drinking hiatus right now, and we applaud you for that. Um, we also got a really, really cool beer segment. Um my buddy Nico Stopcheck, 
And if I spelled out his last name for you, nobody would be able to say it right. I grew up with this dude. We went to junior high and high school together. Really, really cool, solid dude. We kind of, I'm not going to lie, we kind of lost touch the last 10 to 15 years. He kind of moved around. Saw him at our 25-year reunion, and I asked him what he's doing, and he's the head brewer for Porchlight Brewing Company out of Sacramento, California. So he's going to join us via, what's the... It's the Google chat or yeah, whatever. It's the Just, Google, he's Google gonna, video chat. He's yeah. going to join us via Google video chat, and we're going to record with him in, uh, for about 20, 30 minutes uh, here shortly and drink some of his beer with him. Hopefully it goes well. Um, I know he's a fun guy, so that's, that should go pretty, pretty well. Customer of the week. This is the first for me. Um, I'll get a little bit more into it later, but uh, the person who gets cut off at a private party at a restaurant by the host of the party, not the restaurant. <laughs> So kind of, <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to hear about kind that. Of, just kind of an interesting thing that I hadn't hadn't experienced before. Uh, it even the servers were a little confused, um, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, we got our yearly industry up and flow uh, segment here, Gary. You got some, you got some sound effects. Those are some good ones right there. Uh, a couple different things. It is now that it's we talked about the weather changing. It's fireplace season at Proof. If you guys don't know this, we have two fireplaces at Proof, and we turn them on and it looks really dope. It adds the ambiance. Uh, but if you're sitting right next to them, you get torched. So then the people who are sitting right next to them ask you to turn them off or turn them down. And you're like, yeah, you got to because they're literally, like, you can see them like sweating like into the food. And then the people like three or four tables over are like, hey, can you uh, just turn those fireplaces on for a little bit? It looked really cool while they were on. And I'm like, ah, yeah. Yeah, I want to. But see those four people over there? They're about to die. <laughs> it's like sweltering. Just, like, there's right not enough water in the world. <laughs> and they're on... There's five different settings for the flame height, which is cool. So you can crank it up like right away, but then turn them down. And if it's cold enough, I think that that'll be fine for the whole night. But even in these like 40 degree days, it's just at some point, it's just too hot for the people sitting there. You see people like moving chairs and like rotating, like the two people who sat nearest to it, like flip flop halfway (laughs) through. Like, like, you're okay. ro- like you're roasting a chicken. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Everybody gets a pass, the heat. <laughs> so that's that's what we're dealing with at proof right now. What if you had the table and chairs like on like a like a moving lazy Susan? Like a, <laughs> it just slowly rotisserated them around, so you weren't always like a pizzazz. Yeah, like you weren't yeah. always getting heat. Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes like, you would, but you wouldn't have to get up that way. Yeah, I look into it. <laughs> There are rotating rooms in restaurants. Yeah, so why can't they do like a rotating yeah, table? For sure, I'm, we can definitely do that. Yeah, we can definitely do that. What's uh, what's your yeast that you put up there? Oh, it's uh, it's bourbon and rye allocation season. Everything's whoop, whoop. coming out. Let's whoop, go. Whoop. So the amount of phone calls and emails and texts I get about, did you get this in? How many did you get? Can I buy a bottle? It's just ramp, ramp running rampant right now. <laughs> it's your, which is it's, a good thing. It's your favorite time of the season when it comes to whiskey, though. Right? Oh yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it makes sense. It all comes out in the fall. I mean. You plant your your seed in the spring and summer, and by the time you harvest it and cook it and distill it and put it in a barrel, it's around fall time. So by the time it gets to an even number of years, like four, six, eight, ten, whatever, uh, it you get you dump it in the fall too. So it's busy season for for a lot for a lot of distilleries, but the uh, the, the the amount of the amount of highly allocated whiskey that comes out between like September and December is just wild. Keeping keeping on top of it is 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 a full time job. Yeah, and now that the there's so many more distilleries that are doing specialty releases than there was, you know, five ten years ago. Yeah. Now you got a lot more mm-hmm. options uh, as far as that stuff goes. Yeah, they call them LTOs, the limited time offers. Yeah, they're just 
flooding the market right now. So if you see those uh, at MSRP, um, there's lots of them out there. We're not going to just name a bunch off. We've talked probably about most of them on this. But a cool one that just got released in Illinois was the Four Roses 135th edition. Yeah. That's like impossible to get. They only, it's yeah. like the one barrel, right? Uh, No. It's, Is it a blend? It, yeah. It's a couple. But the, the, uh, they base on how much bottles go to each state based off the state's total sales and four roses. So Illinois is actually down uh, this year from compared to 2022. In the, in the pecking order? Yeah. Well, no, like down from the year before. So oh, like, really? I think Missouri ended up getting more bottles and Wisconsin got a couple more than Illinois. So that's crazy how I mean, it works. I would be shocked. I would be shocked to hear if there was more than 100 bottles came to Illinois. Hmm. All right. Well, I just saw that that's a, that's a cool bottle. Um, if you come across one of those for MSRP, buy it for me and I'll buy it off you. And then, buy, and, then, and then give you some of the whiskey. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it off you and I'll give you two on sample back. Uh, sweet. Should we get into, should we do the whiskey tasting now and then we'll hook it up with uh, my boy Nick? Yeah, sounds good. All right. Um, we've, we definitely talked about Garrett and I going down there to do this at Four Roses. Uh, I'm going to say this on the podcast. This is one of the most proud things that I've been a part of with our restaurant group and I owe it all to Garrett. Because he invited me to go with him. He could have easily gone by himself or brought somebody else. He asked me to go with. It was bomb ass. It's so freaking cool. I am so proud of these whiskeys because uh, in my mind, they're ours. So um, Four Roses single barrel products, like just their normal single barrel, is 50 proof, 100 uh, alcohol. Or I'm sorry, 100 proof, 50% alcohol by volume. These are more elevated, and they were. We got to try ten barrels. They were all 105 to I think 118. Yeah, something like that. That was like the range as yeah, far they have, as they have the, ten the different mash bills. So we had, we had to try each mash bill. Yeah, at cast strength, straight from the bar- like thiefing it from the barrel. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty neat. So these are the two that we picked out. One got to go to uh, Chicago. One went to Illinois. One barrel went to Chicago. One barrel goes to the like suburbs. Illinois, like the suburbs of, of, of Chicago. Chicago. They actually don't go much further south than like Orland Park, I think. Sweet. Uh, Garrett, which one of these should we start off with? Uh, let's start with the city one. Okay, cool. Let's go from... So this one is... All right, so Four Roses does a cool thing where they their recipes, they have 10 different recipes like Garrett just said. This is an OESF that is 10 years and 9 months old. 54.1% alcohol by volume, um, which is right in the sweet spot. If, if that's 108, then you're talking about 105 to 118, like kind of in the middle. Uh, this is a low rye. And um, when we were down there, Amanda asked me, she's like, do you like low rise or high rise? And I was like, uh, I don't really know what that means. She's like, it's okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I was like, I just really know like what I like and I do like spicier bourbon. She's like, so you probably like high rise. I'm like, okay. So um, Garrett, give us a quick difference between low rye and high rye bourbon. Uh, low, so corn has, or corn has to be the main ingredient for bourbon, right? So then we should talk a little bit with Ian about low rye and high rye. The, uh, the second ingredient in bourbon in general, especially if you're talking about a rye bourbon, uh, is that the second ingredient is rye, and the third ingredient can be whatever you want. Generally, it's um, malted barley. So a uh, high rye bourbon would be a higher percentage of rye compared to a bourbon that you also make that's a lower percentage of rye. So uh, in these cases, I think they're... Do you have the percentage of rye that they put in? It's, they didn't, um, I think it's like 30... Three percent. Yeah, um, mash bill E is 
20% rye and mash bill B is 35% rye. Right. So this OESF, which is the low rye, That's has 20% close. rye. Yeah, so 35% rye. So th this one has 20 what? 20%. Yeah, so 20% of this rye. So it's probably 70 corn, 20% rye, 10 malted barley. It goes 20% uh, percent, 5% percent, and then 75, okay. 75 corn. There we go. Then 20 and 5 Probably should have looked at that before we started recording. That's all right. That's how we like to fact check so, stuff. This is data on the fly. Yeah. <laughs> and we did pretty good with that. It's taken yeah. us a lot longer to well, come up with I mean, with it's good we just didn't throw numbers out there. You're actually yeah. looking at the actual numbers. Yeah. yeah. Looking at them right here. We're not just making this shit up. No, yeah. We're trying to, you know, do this right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we got the Chicago. This is the OESF uh, 54.1. So it's on-premise on only. It only goes to restaurants. So it if only you're looking, restaurants. You, can't, you can't go out and buy this, but you could come to one of our restaurants and try it. And what are the, what's the pour of this going at social? I think they're 15 I think we made 20. 20. Yeah, 20. $20. $20 worth every penny. And I'm going to get some sound effects when Gary pours this out of the vial. Nice. Well done, certified bourbon steward. First date. First yes. <laughs> first day since... Uh, since the last since, time. Since Ian. I would like to note <laughs> that we have about an inch in our glasses, and Garrett has uh, a eye drop full. So I decided I decided after our last <laughs> podcast that uh, I just needed to hit the reset button real quick. So I haven't uh, I haven't had anything to drink since the 8th of December, nice, of November. Dude. That doesn't mean that I'm done forever. Right. Uh, you just I'll be I'll be back on it on the 5th when we go to Washington D.C. Yeah. But I uh, just needed to. Actually, it's crazy. You lost. I lost like eight pounds already just by not drinking. It's amazing nice. how that works. Yeah. All right. Cheers, cheers. boys. Here's to the Chicago uh, single barrel uh, release from Four Roses. It is cool to note that when you when we got the picket for the state of Illinois, we got to um, we were the ones who got to say yes or no to the sticker on the label on the side, which I think is <laughs> kind of ridiculous that I get to choose that. Uh, we just went with the same as last year, but it's a, a blue uh, blue Chicago flag on the side of the bottle. But we had veto right on that. We could have changed it to whatever we wanted to. Anything? Well, I, th I think we made the right Pretty decision. Sure. <laughs> Pretty we sure we right could have done whatever we wanted. I kind of wish that we like like subliminally put like our restaurant group in there or something, or like or the, the podcast the podcast logo. logo. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool. Like a watermark on it somewhere. Oh, that would have been great. Totally missed the boat on that. Yeah. Not that anyone would actually ever see it, but. Johnny, now remember you're, you're sitting at the table with two people who picked this barrel. Give us uh, give us your honest thoughts on this whiskey. Uh, what what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tee it up from there. Yeah, tell me how so much you 50, love it. Fifty four point one percent. It's a low rye, so higher in corn content. I love it. I think it's great. I think um, you don't get that much burn on your throat with this. Yeah, it's smooth. Even, yeah. You know, even being at what is it, one hundred and one hundred eight. Yeah. yeah. Um. Really smooth. I love it. I think with the, in, in my notes, I put, I get a lot of like, so I brought my original notebook from that day, I, um, which I never do. I'm proud of myself for planning ahead with that. Uh, I'll pat myself on the back all night regarding this. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I get a lot of, I, I put, I, I got a lot of vanilla notes and that still stays true. I get a lot of vanilla, a lot of butterscotch, just really easy drinking bourbon um, that's kind of got that classic, uh, you know, corn forward flavors and what their barrels uh provide for us it's yeah just, you get that like nice little like cheek burn not burn but like cheek warmthness yeah you know in the back but you don't feel anything in the throat 
Um, Garrett, how was your how was your little sip? It was so good. Did it just bring you back to just heaven? I mean, as like, far as like, like forty more. Um, the <laughs> the I no, I think it. I think you're actually right on the vanilla notes. The vanilla notes are very prominent on that. A lot of a lot of caramel. I think uh, that you're absolutely. Like, it, it warms it warms your body without giving you any burn. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is, I hope like, that sounds like it's a good a good whiskey. If that's a if that's a descriptor. Sounds like a great whiskey. You ready to compare it to the next one? Yeah, for sure. The next one's a little bit more of a big boy, so you're gonna just want to down the hatch on that. <laughs> <laughs> gonna want to warm it up. A big boy. <laughs> Yeah, the next one is uh, is the high rye. So we said 35% rye. Um, about a year younger, though, nine years, eight months, at 116 proof. Um, OBSO is the, is the name for it, or the, the, uh, the mash belt. Did I get those the year right on those? What was that? That was my... I think I got the years backwards. All right, so the... Uh, so that so the first one was a nine. Whatever, no one's fact checking. Let's yeah, just go with it. Just yeah. go with it. All right, no, perfect. No one knows. All right, well, this next one is is definitely an OBSO. They're about ten ride. years each. Yeah, they're about ten years each for sure. Finish that up, Johnny, so we can put more in there. So I tried these side by side at social. Um, it was really cool to have literally a half shot of each of them and sip them next to each other. Um, my my quick analysis was that the Chicago one I felt tasted better and was smoother, but the Illinois one got, and, and the Chicago one stayed consistent, but the Illinois one got better and better with each sip and just seemed more complex to me. And I think that's where the high ride comes into play and when it comes to spiciness for the bourbons that I like. So cheers. This is the Illinois one. It's for the suburbs. For the suburbs. Suburbs of Chicago. So this is the one that uh, when she started thiefing the the pour the samples out, she started doing it pretty quick while she was talking to us, and we're like, "Wait, can is it is it wait? Can we do it? We wanted to be like as hands on as possible." And this, so that she did the first two really quick, and then uh, I thiefed this one, and I was like, "All right, well, I thief this one. It's got to be the best one," uh, which is stupid, but um, and then I think we fell in love with it pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, the one, the, the one that you thiefed out, we all three of us said was fantastic. Yeah. I, I think, think mine, the guy that I thiefed out, got X and 8, which I was okay with. Yeah, number four. I, can't, yeah. I, th- I think it was number eight, but I don't know. dude. We had 10 cast strength bourbons. Let's do it up again. Too bad we didn't bring all the, the leftover pours back home. She wouldn't let us. Or chug them. I know. I would like to make a little mental note here when we're talking about this whiskey that Garrett poured a little bit more of this one into his glass. <laughs> this must be, must be the one that he likes more out of the two. I put the same amount in. I mean, it was just a tiny bit more. Right. Yeah, this one is definitely, uh, you taste the, the rye content more than the, than the first mm-hmm. one. But still really smooth, mm-hmm. and it's four percentage points higher in alcohol right. by volume. Yeah. So this is, this is 116. So it's it's a big boy, but it's it's yeah. still so no, but it's not yeah. still no yeah. burn on the back. But yeah. you get the right you get the right notes in the end, yeah. but not in the in the in any kind of sort of burn on the th- back of the throat. I think that I mean the s- prices of whiskey have been going up uh, outrageously for the past like two or three years. For uh, I mean MSRP for a bottle a single barrel four roses like one hundred and ten bucks. That's like a no brainer for me every time, and then. Like a twenty dollar pour of this, I'm getting every time. But you just never see them at restaurants. 
like restaurants hardly ever get these single barrel picks unless you're you know a giant to do massive amount of uh, programming with four roses so, so you, c- you can get these at your restaurants yeah okay i think just at barrel social and maze okay but we just didn't get a lot of them i think we got six bottles of each really well, yeah there was only no. they were saying there was no, only we got 12 bottles of each we got 12 bottles of each six packs of each barrel coming to illinois 20 26 packs either way not a lot so we got two we, we got, got two, two cases of we each we got two cases of each yeah excuse me so we got 10% of the yield, which is kind of nice. It's really nice. And when are these available? Like, are they already? Right now. Yeah. yeah we like just a week got ago. Them, yeah, we just got them a week ago. Okay. I, like yeah. I said, I already had a poor Vicha social <laughs> right next to each other. So, yeah. So that's Chicago. Uh, go get them if you're listening to this, because they're going to be gone. They'll so be gone yeah. really quickly. The ones that we, so we got, the Illinois Select one last year, and uh, that we one was gone. 12 bottles at each location. That was, that was gone in, like, two or three months. Yeah, I was going to say by, like... By February, they were gone. Yeah, a couple, two, three months. Yeah. They're that good. People who are bourbon drinkers and I don't want to say hunters, but kind of um, looking for specialty stuff, this is definitely one you should drink for 20 bucks. It's super elevated. Yeah, we can't sell you a bottle, but we can definitely sell you a port. Yeah, or buy a port if you buy a lot of other whiskey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Michael, buy you a port. I'll have one. No I'll, have one. I'll have one with you. <laughs> all right, sweet. Um, all right, we're going to. That's so good. Dude, the whiskey is really good. That's those are both killer. They're very different. Yeah, they're very different, but they're so good. Very different. Drink more Four Roses. It's worth it, especially the single ba- the single barrel. I think is a fifty dollar bottle, and the small batch select is a sixty dollar bottle. Small batch select is by far the best thing. It's incredible. Out. It's absolutely incredible. Except for these single barrels picks. So these, these single barrel picks are just outrageously good. Yeah, I know. I know guys who like uh, like hunt single barrel picks of Four Roses exclusively, and like they've got like. Their basement bar is just like littered with them, and they're all so good. It just whether you want to drop, you know, 100, 110 on every bottle you buy. Is that what they usually go for in the, the secondary? MS- MSRP is like 110. Oh, really? And then oh. secondary is closer to like two, two and a quarter. All I know is it's, it's tasty, and uh, I think I'm liking high rise more and more. High rise bourbon yeah, more at and you. more. I don't know what high rise is now. I didn't know. I know. Man, I'm, ex- I I'm excited it. for I you. I love it. Thanks, Amanda. You're the best. And the, uh, the uh, Jailers tour was pretty sweet that we did at the end. The Jailers at, tour? At, at, at our hotel. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you referenced <laughs> it. It was like the worst, the weirdest <laughs> tours ever. It was the weirdest hotel I've ever stayed at. Yeah, but it, it was strange. It was right. It's a good thing we just fell into bed that night. <laughs> Woke up for the, the tour. Literally fell in and out of bed. Yeah. All right, sweet. We're going to try to hook it up with my boy uh, Nick in Sacramento. California for Porch Light Brewing. Johnny's setting up all the equipment right now. We're going to send him a text. And uh, hopefully he comes on right now. Let's get some beers ready. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Yo. What's up, my guy? Mike. What's going on, bud? What's going on, Garrett? Hey, buddy. How are you? Dude, you look look good in that shirt, man. Don't I, though? (laughs) That is the awesome. Koozie and everything. He's got the koozie and the sipping social shirt. Amazing. Product placement, man. Product placement. What's, uh, what's the weather out by you, man? Uh, it's 60s, man. It's getting chilly out there. <laughs> Dude, shut up. 20, 22 and snowy over here, bro. I believe it. Uh, every now and then, Weather Channel still shows me what's going on back there. And uh, yeah, it was 70 here on Thanksgiving. Uh, 
It got the coldest today is like it got it gets down to 31, 32. Uh, barely ever freezes. Kind of happened early this year, but um, it definitely I was like I'm grateful. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. We uh, are we are we live here, Johnny? Yeah, we're good. All right, sweet. Uh, Nick, I'm just going to introduce you, and then we're just going to jump into it and uh, and get it cracking. Perfect, brother. Sweet. Um, so, listeners of Sipping Social, we got a special little segment right here. This is the first time we've done this. Um, really excited for lots of reasons, but I got my boy Nick Ostavchek joining us from uh, Sacramento, California right now. Uh, he's the head brewer of Porchlight Brewing, and Nick and I go way, way back and uh, Nick, thanks for taking time to join us, man. I'm uh, I'm glad you're uh, on the podcast with us. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for having me on, man. It's good to see you. Dude, so Nick's rocking the sipping social shirt that I sent him in a care package. He sent me a care package of five freshy fresh beers. Some of them were like canned not that long before you even sent them out, uh, yeah. based on a time stamp uh, on the bottom of the cans. Um, so I reciprocated, sent him a sipping social package through the mail. And by the way. Uh, I was, I've never sent booze through the mail. Uh, no problems there. No. <laughs> no, no problems there. So if you think that you shouldn't do it, just give it a shot. What's the worst thing that could happen, right? <laughs> so we traded booze. You mean like them like confiscating the box and dumping it and yeah. 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 Other than that. So we, so we exchanged beer and whiskey and product, uh, through the mail and it worked out great. Did you, I think it's the best thing postal service can do these days. You yeah. Know, is share it up. Right. Let, exactly. it, let us share it up. Did you save on shipping by putting your name, uh, his name, as the return address and not putting any stamps on it? No. Oh, that, that's the rest of that's a pro move right there. I, that, that's above <laughs> my my knowledge of this. This is the first time I've done that. So, um, so as we brought Nick up on the screen, as we're we're live feeding this from Kelly, uh, he's drinking his October Beast, um, and that's what we're gonna crack open and drink with him, so we can. Hashtag it. We drink his beer with him, um, which is one of my favorite things to do. And uh, Nick, while we're doing this, uh, tell us a little bit about Porchlight Brewing and how you uh, came to be affiliated with them. For sure. Um, so Porchlight Brewing came about in 2017. So just celebrated our six year anniversary in September. Um, I came on July, summer of 21 and worked with the head brewer for a couple months. He was kind of supposed to stay on in a position of um, still doing some some level of involvement. And he kind of got a little burnt out quicker than he thought he was going to. And I think he also saw me get comfortable in the situation enough for him to be like, I, I'm going to leave and I want, you know, I'm going to have you take over. So it kind of was a springboard thing of uh, going into COVID where I started doing production brewing um and got kind of out of doing more of the bar side of things and uh and loved it but definitely knew i was getting in a little wet behind the ears to take over full you know obviously making beer and that is one thing but you know basically doing all the maintenance and uh full-time operations of a production brewery is definitely a wholly different thing but but things have been good man um i've been having a great time and i look forward to you know the, the way things are going for that company at a time here in Northern California brewing scene, continuing to evolve like it is across the country. It, it, it's a cool thing. That's dope, dude. Um, I was wondering about this since, so you've been working with them for a little while. Um, when you stepped into that position, uh, were these beers that you guys had already established or are some of these beers that we're about to drink, are these uh, your creations 
um, you know, as you came on board? Sure. No, great question. Great question. Um, yeah, it great was question, Mike. Definitely. These are all, these are all Nick O's. Uh, oh, nice. So when I came on, uh, that was also part of a little bit of the drama, if you will, between kind of the passing guard was that he was uh, not really going to be leaving his legacies behind, which is too bad because he made some really good beer. Um, but at least I definitely walked into a portfolio that I knew was from, you know, nice traditional loggers and pilsners, some contemporary gozas or fruited sours or kind of like some of the things that, you know, one of the sours I sent over to you, like, he, he had things that were in my wheelhouse that I knew could come in and say like, all right, we can, you know, get our staple West Coast, get our hazy, get our lager pills and our game going, get our sours out, and just went from there. But everything it was it was carte blanche essentially when I came in. How long is that transition? Like, you can't you make any of his beer. How long did you did it take for you to get all your own beer on the shelf or on the tap handles before you could start? I don't know. Like, did you have to dump all of his beer when he left? No, no, he, it was, it wasn't that, uh, it was more amicable or at least know. amicable. <laughs> yeah, sure. It is possibly like, um, screw I mean, you guys. I'm taking all my beer with me. Well, there was, on, there was actually, so it was in the summer, which here, you know, we get 120 degree summers in a brew house that isn't ambient temperature controlled. So we have a, a heck of a battle with things. So we did actually have our glycol chiller break. We had to dump two beers and all of this happened as he was just kind of like, you're good. Mm. And, yeah, <laughs> and so we ran through his beers and basically I came up with some stuff that, you know, we didn't immediately start putting in the cans and putting out on shelves and stuff. It was just like, let me get this dialed in. Let me get some of these things on this system in this, you know, this setting so that we're not just shooting ourselves in the foot, putting something out there that we're like, what happened to all your old beers? Uh, so we ran through basically what we had um, for distribution as well as for the tap room and just started basically working my beers in where they were fit. Um, obviously things like hoppy beers were immediately stuff that we needed to start plugging away, which was cool. We just started with that. And then over the years, things have kind of just set their self of what the core beers have become in that two, two and a half years now. So nice, man. That, that seems like a fun transition. Um, for lots of reasons, mainly because you get to kind of hit the reset button and do what you are passionate about and what you love to do. Did you find through that process that there was a certain style that like called your name a little bit more or you felt like you had kind of honed in a little bit more than some of the other styles? Uh, sure. I would, um, I mean, part of it was, it definitely was fun. Um, but it was also certainly a bit of here you go. Can you nail all these on your own? And, um, some beers that I thought were going to be right up my, you know, Hey, I can get this out of, you know, some darker beers, some porters were coming in a little bit high on pH, um, things that were just a little bit off about them. Um, but loggers, pilsners, I'd say are definitely up there as far as, yeah, it's a, a time game as far as you got to obviously be patient with your tanks and, you know, making sure that you're not killing too much tank space by the logger and stuff, which I try to do a more traditional, you know, two months and change. Um, but I'd say that, I mean, I'm still changing up some of the ways that we do some of our hoppy beers for sure, as there's, you know, across again, the nation, the evolving of West Coast IPAs after kind of the haze craze and how those have changed from being malty and a little more piney and bitter and being a little bit more softer and kind of backed off a little bit like some hazies have been. But so those things, I mean, everything keeps me on my toes for sure. But, uh, 
if I could, if I could run a logger house and maybe just do barrel aging things, that would probably be like, I'm happy now, but that would be fantastic. That's dope, man. Um, since you said logger house, uh, we're looking at your porch light or porch daddy Pilsner. Did you name that? Yes, sir. That's, that sounds like I could hear it coming out of your mouth, even like <laughs> in high school. Porch Daddy Pilsner. Uh, it's not, dude, it just sounds like something you would name, man. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, it was already kind of on the one of those that was on the board. And this summer, or the summer that we put it out, which has kind of become one of our core Pilsners, or our core Pilsner, uh, we went swimming at this little uh, swimming hole up kind of um, towards Tahoe, up the mountain a little bit. And there was a bunch of kids out there, and this one kid kept calling me River Daddy. And... <laughs> I have no idea why I never met the kid. I actually ended up seeing him a couple times subsequently out at that same swim hole, but uh, he came to be known as the river kid because he was just always there. And I don't think he had a river daddy, but uh, it kind of made trying to get adopted. Uh, yeah, I know. I was going to say, I kind of, next time I came out, I was just like, Hey, river kid, river daddy's here. Don't worry. Just be <laughs> yeah, careful over there. I brought you your lunch. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, obviously most of, you know, since I've come in, I'll admit, other than like bringing a fresh style or things of beers, you know, we kind of brought a fresh um, ethos even of just kind of just from our labels to the names of keeping things like trying to be fun, trying to be relaxed, um, something that you can see on a shelf too, it stands out a little bit. It's not super graphic design. They're, you know, they're more kind of like illustrative art and uh, I like it. It kind of, you know, we, we care about what goes in the can, but Obviously, in tough markets, as everything is these days, you got to kind of do your own thing. That's a that's a great point. Um, one of the questions I have down on our Google Doc is, what are some of the things that you guys do in an uber competitive industry to kind of stay ahead of the competition, um, especially in California, being a microbrewery? I mean, clearly, there's a shit ton of really good beer in California. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you've got uh, a, def a definitive resurgence of some beer some breweries coming out of the bay right now like san francisco and oakland uh, some here in sacramento that have kind of pinned into kind of what i was talking about before about making like that west coast hazy combination or even just because the, the the trend out here certainly hit different because um you know even in the midwest you know when i was in chicago and michigan in 2000 17 we left like the haze thing was really starting to pick up but it wasn't quite there and so it, same it took a while here for it to catch catch kind of a rhythm um so we really when we when i came in we had like i said a pretty set thing going as far as doing some sours lagers pilsners ipas barrel aged stouts and sours um we at this point really since i kind of jumped onto a ship i'm just trying to keep it on that course as solidly as possible um that's great man and fit into the way things that i like to do which are a lot of the stuff that i sent you that's that's sweet dude um i'll tell you what this porch daddy is super refreshing man yeah really you, good you I, could be my porch daddy whenever you want <laughs> garrett will be Thank the, you. Garrett will be the river kid you could be the porch <laughs> daddy. i'm sorry see you in the river this summer Garrett. fine <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed the Marzan, but um, this this porch daddy is is delightful, dude. It's it's hitting, it's hitting home right now for sure. It's I mean, other than you know, uh, 
just enjoy making them. It's I, I like the idea of this, um, you know, amber loggers, things that I know I can put on a shelf and let them sit there for a period of time. If we have to, if we're doing, you know, because we are doing bigger batches of those and sleep well, knowing that it's not uh, sitting on a shelf somewhere in a gas station for two or three months or something at the back of a cooler. True what uh what size bar- uh, tanks are you guys working with at uh, Porchlight? So we have a 15 barrel brew house and we have four 15 fermenters and two 30s and a 30 bright tank. So we got some of that bigger equipment right when I came in and we have definitely got a lot more distribution going since I've come in. Um, but yeah, are you distributing outside of California? Not currently. No, we're basically doing most of central Valley. We have some accounts out towards the Bay and some up towards Tahoe, but that's pretty much it right now. It would be working with a, uh, a wholesaler to get us probably out into some other areas. I'm just curious myself, like, um, as a head brewer that comes on to a company that's that's kind of established a bit, uh, like what's your onboarding like? Um, like who do you meet with? Do you meet with like everybody in the company, like marketing? Do you meet with, um, you know, all the upper sort of like, uh, I don't know, I don't know what this, the the word for is it, but like, do you just focus on the brewery itself and brewing, or do you meet sort of across the board the business side of things, uh, the package design kind of things? Like how involved is that in the onboarding process? Um, I've, I've worked with a couple of breweries prior to Porchlight, uh, that I would say that at least one of them, that probably would have been the case, uh, with Porchlight, I met with owners, I met with investors, uh, knew the previous brewer sales guy. Um, so all of that had been somewhat established, but the turning, like I said, kind of quick, um, having to plug a lot of holes and come up with new recipes real quick. That, unfortunately, like, I cannot say that that was discussed. That was something that kind of just came up as it was on the fly. So as much of the discussion that we had had, that was one thing as far as coming in and basically working with him to continue to make these recipes that he'd been working on for some time. Uh, that is not what panned out. So I think my situation basically is not um, difficult as far as coming into the way that I did, but I could definitely see, um, for example, Urban Roots, a really great brewery here in Sacramento, literally down the street from me that I started with doing production. Um, I could easily see that where you're meeting the director of operations, you're meeting head of HR, you're, you wanna be as comfortable as you can be moving forward. And said <laughs> in my situation, that just wasn't the case really. It's pretty much a hit the ground running kind of situation, it sounds like, yeah. Pretty much and kind of a, you know, um, a fight or flight, you know, see what you can do. And uh, I mean, they did their best verbally to, you know, tell me, hey, the pressure's not on. But I mean, I knew that in many aspects it was coming into a brewery that was medal award winning, um, you know, had gotten some notoriety and then three years, you know, in goes into COVID and they didn't have a lot of distribution going. So they didn't have, they weren't really set up like a lot of bigger breweries to do move right into canning and just pump stores full of cans. Um, So it kind of squandered a little bit and yeah I, I don't know how much that had to do with the brewer himself um wanting to move on i think that was more personal reasons and uh things that he just you know kind of got a little burnt out during covid working a lot but but yeah i'm sure there are some more ideal situations like that out there i mean you got it you got it you have help back there right you're not just the only yeah. one making the beer yeah 
Oh yeah. Now I have an assistant brewer that helps um, part to full time and uh, some other people that can hop back there that are in the tap room that if I need something done that they can go back and change it, you know, change the temperature on a tank or take a gravity or something. Is that hard to find uh, brewers in California? I feel like there's like a thousand breweries and defining if you wanted to be a brewer is pretty hard, pretty easy to find a job or is it, do you find that it's hard to find people for yourself? Um, I would say it's kind of right in between. I mean, you can find a lot of people that are interested. Yeah. Um, and then there's the jump to finding people that know what they're doing um, <laughs> quite well. I feel that. And th which becomes obviously just a different conversation, which hopefully is something that kind of was where we were at when I came in as far as more of a organic, having someone come in to do more of a co-brewing or head brewer, lead brewer, however you stack it to where you're basically splitting, but you know that anything is accomplishable between those two people. So um, there are, there's a lot of positions that open up time and time because people do move around quite a bit in the production thing out here. Um, you know, wine production is obviously a huge part of California business. So you do get people that will flip flop um, between beer and wine even too. Um, but kind of finding, you know, the right piece to the puzzle when you are a smaller brewery can be tricky for sure. Um, it's hard to give someone guaranteed full-time, well-paying work. You know, it's kind of a love of the game thing, but, but we've been able to make it work. Um, you know, I still have a lot of friends that work in bars and restaurants and stuff that, you know, have a younger brother or this person that they know that homebrews that wants to get involved in something. So those are usually what work best, um, or at least have for me. So those are usually the sweet spot. Then it's like a difference of like, I'm interested in doing this and then once they like start working there, there's something they actually want to do. I mean, it's not, I mean, seeing like a brewer sounds pretty sweet, but like it's a lot of work. It's totally, um, it's not a guarantee. They might come in and hopefully that does pan out quicker than, than longer as far as, you know, me assessing it or them just feeling it. But there's a lot of things that, um, people that I've I had success with people that have worked in trades to some degree, um, not necessarily being a plumber, even though that's a lot of part of it, but, um, just kind of a, respect for safety first while we're working around a lot of you know really hot acidic waters and different chemicals and a lot of things at time it's just like you can tell people to be careful but obviously them understanding it makes a big difference oh yeah safety second for sure <laughs> yeah. I, I got a i got a two-part question for you nick uh we're yeah. ab i'm about to pour the hazy ipa that you sent me uh called illuminate the laser um mm -hmm. really love the the artwork on this can, it's like a blowfish, like blowing a laser on top of what looks like could be your microbrewery or whatever. But the, the two-part question is, uh, you alluded earlier um, about how when you were leaving in 2017 from Michigan, the hazies were like jumping off in the Midwest. They are like king dingling in the Midwest. Like hazy IPAs <laughs> like fly off the shelf. Like it, at the restaurants, they, they sell quicker than anything. That's you, a great beer, Nick, right there, actually. King 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 Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Feel free to use it. I was going to say, you King got it. Dong. King Dong. <laughs> King Dong. <laughs> Is that a King Kong? Definitely a double hazy, at least. Yeah, no doubt. It's got to be a double. <laughs> at least 12 inches. But, uh, uh, <laughs> so do you, do you find that in the West Coast and Cali right now, um, hazies are, are taken to out there um, by your, your, you know, the people who are drinking your beer and then what besides that if that's not the case what would you say is the most popular style that you guys brew that people are like knocking down the doors to get sure 
Um, it, it's kind of a combination of the two as far as the answer what comes out of it. But basically, like, I would say that the the haze here has certainly kind of fallen off. Like it, it's still going for sure. I mean, it's still made a huge difference on the market share. This is it has across, you know, internationally or especially nationally, but different market shares as far as, you know, a full, you know, gender side, you know, having women being much more interested in, I want an IPA now versus for years not being really part of that market share. Um, and it just that difference, um, we still see quite a bit. I still see a lot more guys that I think are, you know, the soccer dad that would be crushing a lager or Pilsner that's like, no, give me that double hazy. And I'm like, all right, dude, I got nothing against you. Um, so there's still definitely a market for it, but I think overall that one, honestly, I don't think that there's enough people doing them that well out here comparatively to the Midwest and the East Coast for it to really make a stamp on people that where they're like, I'm not scorned by having so many that aren't that good. Um, that's, I think, honestly made a big difference. And that was one of the things that the brewer before me um, made a really great hazy IPA in 2017, 2018, that he kind of made out of spite because he hated how much everyone else was just mucking up or, or not, but the, the beer. And uh, so now I see that, like I said, a lot of these brewers are uh, like Cellar Maker out of San Francisco, Original Pattern out of Oakland, uh, Moonraker here in Sacramento area. They're they're cranking out these hyper dank West Coast that don't have this. There's no, you know, drop the crystal malt, drop any caramel malts. Like we're going super clean and just, but a piney, huge dank nose, but without that bitter backside or even just kind of heavy mouthfeel. It almost, like I said, it doesn't, <clears throat> it's definitely more of a West Coast than it is a hazy, but right now that's what I would say has become like the new, new for the West Coast in the hoppy world. That's dope, dude. This beer is effing fantastic, dude. It's, it's thank you, brother. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the best a, beer I've had in the last month, for sure. Yeah, this hey, is really excellent. I appreciate uh, y'all, man. Um, yeah, so it is blowing up the Golden One Center where the Kings play, as it is a light the beam riff, um, which a buddy of mine that owns a bar across the street was chanting, as a lot of Sacramento was chanting this spring about lighting the beam, which got real old real quick for some of us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yeah, go Kings for sure. Um, but he would say, illuminate the laser, illuminate the laser. And I quickly uh, jumped onto it too. And so our, our single hazy is called laser blowfish and he's just shooting a laser blowing up downtown Sacramento. So we were like, Hey, let's just change it up to the golden one center, the Kings King stadium and have him kind of getting shot by the beam coming out of the stadium. That's funny. So. Like to me, like the illustration looks like a lot of war of the worlds. Like when those things mm -hmm. come out of the ground and they got like, they're up high in the air, like shooting everybody with laser beams evaporating them. Bring out the laser. It totally yeah. looks like that, but you have huge puffer fish in the air with laser. Totally. Beams. Yeah. There's the Zeppelin effect, uh, with the blowfish and yeah, kind of the, the war of the worlds, like you said, um, even little Godzilla ish kind of thing, but yeah, it's a fun one. Um, we, re we released that last year. I got it out pretty much like right in time for the end of the King season. And as everybody here was kind of jumping on that, let's do a bean beer. And I mean, again, it's uh, part of the game that you play as far as we got to, you know, making beer is cool, but selling a whole bunch of beer real fast is also pretty cool too. And the beer came out pretty good. It's, it's well, tasty yeah. and you got to appeal to the masses, right? Quickly. Tell me what, 
what's a I drink a lot of beer, but I don't cashmere hops and mm-hmm. man mandarina Bavaria. Sure. So mandarina Bavaria is a a newer German hop that they've developed like Ariana and Azaka and some of these that are basically designed to mimic a lot of high alpha acids, say like a more traditional, like a Citra, a Simcoe, um, some Mosaic, like their German hops have always been like a saw, something that's very like lower on alpha, higher on beta. You're going to get more earthy, grassy, whether it's grass or pine or whatever. But basically they started, even though they're not using them that much because hoppy beers still aren't very popular in most of Europe, they're in, they're starting in small pods, I think. And it's obviously whether it's Denmark or wherever that like, it's starting to American styles are starting to infiltrate for sure. Um, but it's a fun one, um, for us just because we get it. it, It's kind of like a citra light. You get a lot of grapefruit, um, definitely some, you know, some orange peel, a little bit of lemon to it. Um, but it's honestly, it's, also kind of it's about half the cost of a lot of these higher american alpha acid hops um just because it's been not utilized as much which is a big part of the hop market today who's using what and how much because that just drives the price which is a huge part other than water as far as what we're fighting with um but mandarina bavaria like i said we'll get you that in german cashmere is an american hop that's kind of a utilitarian hop um as far as that you can use it earlier in the boil or hot side, um, but it also stands up really well. In hazy specifically, um, it has the fruit, but also has, uh, as far as citrus, but it also has a bit of stone fruit that it likes to pop out. Um, I get uh, some apricot mostly from the blow, the blowfish uh, hazies that we do. But uh, again, it's also a easier to find and much easier, much fairly priced. Nice. So what do you got? What is, uh, what is MSRP for a four pack of Porsche light? Uh, uh, the laser in-house, we sell that for 16, nice. uh, out the door. And I'm pretty sure most of our retailers that I've seen keep it somewhere between 16 to, they definitely keep it under 20, which is also a big part of keeping on pace with other of these markets. Um, and being a small brewer that can't do 120 barrel batches or something. Yeah. You know, awesome. Well, I think it's a great deal for four of those. That's delicious. It's seven, 7.4%. That's a great, I spent 16 bucks on that. It's a great buy. Yeah. No brainer. Um, <clears throat> since you're on the West Coast, you mm-hmm. uh, sent us a West Coast IPA. I figured we'd wrap up this segment by drinking what, you know, Midwesterners would think would be a quintessential West Coast IPA. Uh, tell us a little bit about the name and how you came uh, to making this beer, this Grizzly Chatham's West Coast IPA. For sure. Well, I definitely did that. Um, like I said, as far as shooting you over, uh, probably a prototypical or kind of what I guess, you know, Midwest would still think of. Um, I wish that, you know, we'll we'll follow it up with another one that I'm working on right now. There's definitely do a, a new school West Coast, but that one is definitely more along the lines of what you think of with a not as malty as a Sierra Nevada, but of that ilk. Um, you're certainly going to get you know a good strong hop profile to it, but it's got a pretty decent malt build to it. Uh, a little bit of golden promised oats in there to give it a little bit of a rounder mouthfeel. Uh, keep it not too bitey. But definitely more on the side of, you know, a, I guess what's becoming an old school 
West Coast IPA. Man, that's Grizzly, good. Grizzly Chatham's. Um, I've, I've done a couple. Uh, I, I like doing these California historical figure uh, knockoffs for beer names. We had a coffee blonde called uh, Jet and Buy a Smith instead of a Jebediah Smith, the uh, infamous bike trail and uh, pioneer out here. It, it's just a little bit of uh, educational fun. I like to throw into the mix. Nice. A little ode to the area and, and people who have come before you, right? Exactly. Uh, this dude, this beer finishes super clean, and um, I think for me as a Midwesterner, it's it's more palatable than some of the mid or like West Coast IPAs that are super dank or like resiny, you know. Yeah. And I like that flavor, but they kind of get to be a lot to me. Uh, I could easily sure. see myself drinking, you know, a four pack of this in a night and and having no qualms with that for sure. What's the Heck yeah? What's the ABV it, on that? It's here? really it's really good. It's a uh, so you made it with uh, Hella Melon and Simcoe? Oh, I'm going to do the wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's the right Yeah, no, And Citroen Mosaic? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's actually all four. I didn't actually... <laughs> yeah, they're not in the same spot, but that's all right. We won't, we'll cut that part out. Yeah, I think it became one of those design things that uh, just kind of happened as far as the Citroen Mosaic, which are the, you know, they're the front show runners. Yeah. Uh, yeah 6.7%. So, 6. Yeah. 6.7%. It is a beer, like I said, that's obviously a more of a, I can drink this, a couple of them, um, without feeling like, you know, got the, the palate shock and really may as well just drink a triple IP or something after it. That's really good. Dude, that's bomb, man. It's too bad I got to go all the way to California. Well, we're going to have to find a, a reason to do like a traveling podcast show all the way out in Cali. Come hang out with them for a little bit, right? I have no problem with that. <laughs> That would be that would be fantastic. Just turn man. this podcast um, into like a wine podcast yep. and it goes beer and beer and wine instead of yeah. screw whiskey, right? Yeah. Go spend like a how about we just three do, months in California? Beer. That's true too. Nick, beer's what? pretty good. I mean, you got obviously wine, but there's a bunch of distillers that are starting to do some decent stuff out here. All right. What uh, have you collabed with anybody in Illinois as far as microbreweries go? No, we haven't. Um, my buddy Johnny, who's a R and D brewer at Goose Island, um, we've talked about doing a couple things. I mean, obviously Goose, <laughs> I don't think they would they would really care or get involved. Um, but it would be more of just uh, homies helping homies and doing kind of thing. Um, but he's talking about coming out here maybe this winter, and uh, we would throw something down. He's I, I would imagine you guys have seen uh, like the Lost Palette line with Goose. Um, uh, there's Lost Palace, like one of the hazy IPAs that they came out with about a year and a half ago or two. And then, um, another one, a double hazy IPA, but he came out with those. They're both hundred percent proceeds go to Lurie cancer research at Northwestern uh, Memorial cool. and they're good beers. Um, but anyway, other than that, no, I know there's, um, a handful of new things going on for sure in your your hood, uh, suburbs of Chicago with their breweries. I mean, it's killer, crazy. killer right now. I would what I'm going to propose is the next time you're coming back, um, let's let's set up uh, a meet and greet with some of the microbreweries that we know around here, and if something comes out of it, maybe we could do a, you know, porch light sipping social and whatever you know ex microbrewery and we just do a little collab and, and do it up and uh shake some hands and sign some babies and drink some whiskey <laughs> Dude, i'm totally down that'd be great <laughs> hey 
Shaking babies. Shaking babies. I didn't say anything about I said science of babies. I said science of babies. You kept it clean. (laughs) Got to keep it clean. But uh, (laughs) Nick, dude, we really appreciate you coming on with us, man. Thanks for taking time out of your day. Thanks for the beer. The beer is excellent. Uh, Anybody in, honestly, out in Northern California, make your way to Porch Light. Tell tell Nick you you heard him on the podcast. And, And Nick, when you run out of that Sazerac ride that I sent you through the mail, I got a backup waiting for you right now. Something different, <laughs> a different single barrel ready to go for you, man. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I would have been having a small glass on the side. I had a little chat about that. It's delicious. Um, unfortunately, I didn't hide it from my wife well enough. So maybe, mm. you know, we'll talk about another bottle in the future. But I can also send you some fresh beers when we got that coming up, too. But uh, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, Mike, Garrett, Johnny, it's great talking with you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Dude, cheers. Cheers to you, Nick, man. Cheers. Appreciate you, brother. Cheers, y'all. See you at home. If I, if I don't talk to you, have a good Christmas, brother. All right, on you as well, man. See you guys. Wait, don't leave yet. Okay. I like the popcorn ceiling. <laughs> That's the touch, man. 50s craftsman home here in Sacramento. Nice. You, put, the, my, you, you put that in yourself, right? You guys, you guys make it out. I can get all three of you guys in air beds and everything. Oh, we, we just need one bed. We'll just spoon each other. No big deal. We're, we're I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Dude, better that way. Thanks, nice a, thanks a lot, brother. Dude, I really appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Likewise. Thanks for having me on, man. Cheers. All right. Cheers, cheers brother. Later, Nick. Um, and we're back. And we're back. Uh, thanks to Nick from my boy Nick from Porch Light Brewing out of Sacramento, California. Uh, great beers. I thought great conversation. Uh, he and I have lots of history together, and uh, I'm surprised we didn't bring up any uh, fun but crappy stories about each other because there's plenty of them out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the next time we get together to record, I'm going to have three fun facts about Nick that he probably doesn't want. No, I'm just joking. I'm just, <laughs> just, just joking. Uh, dude, that was that was a cool segment. Thanks for letting me do that, guys. Thanks for humoring me. He's, he's a good dude, and uh, he knew, very knowledgeable, much more. I just, I was impressed with his knowledge. Not that I didn't think that he had it. I just, the way he was talking is is very impressive. Yeah, you can tell he cares, too. Yeah. So now we're back, uh, and we're back to our normal podcast. We're going to do our customer of the week, and this week's customer of the week is the individual that gets cut off at the private party, at the restaurant, by the host, not the restaurant. So I know there's a lot of words coming out of my mouth. But <laughs> so, so, so let me get this straight. So somebody, so, you know, somebody rented cuts, out a space yeah. at, at, so, at Social. At Social. Yeah. They had... An open bar. A list of people come, yeah. open bar. There's about about 40 to 50 people. 50 people at this And one or two of the patrons... We're having a great time. We're having a great time. Great time. And then asked one of your employees to remove them? No. So the host who set up the party asked, told, not asked, just told the, the servers that there was a couple that was cut off. And while they were having a great time, um, the servers are like, so like, what do I do? I was like, well, we have to honor the, the host's wishes, you know, like we can't keep serving them. And they're like, well, but she's like having fun, but not like out of control. I'm like, yeah, I see that. You know, like that, it, that guy probably knows the, that couple better than you do. That's the thing is that he probably knows that it's like leading down a certain path that he doesn't want to deal with. So maybe some family stuff or whatever. But he invited these people and cut them off at the private party. And then when she asked for another beer and we had to explain to her that um, she was cut off, she was confused. Yeah, I bet. But I, I'll be honest. Like, she was having a good time. It wasn't on my radar. 
Wait, it was one person or a couple? It was it was it was a couple, but mainly. So the host was a guy. I, yes. And he cut off this couple that were having fun. Yeah, but like they were kind of starting on a trajectory. They were starting to be on. Sounds like he's in love with with one of them. He <laughs> should have just cut off one of them. Yeah, I, don't think that, I think it was just like a package deal. Yeah. I think that he just didn't want to deal with the aftermath of where, wherever like he had probably been in that instance before. No, that's but you made it sound, you made it sound like your staff even was like they're not even that bad. They're fine. Well, so they they just were like, so what do we do? Like we didn't cut her off, but she keeps asking for beers. So it was like you kind of, kind of like it was a, the conundrum that you kind of put us in that now we have to. You're the host. Yeah, you, you go tell a lot her. of money. You go explain yeah, you go why. Yeah. But he did say that he went up to her a couple to- times and told her to calm down. Oh, all right. <laughs> it was just a, it was just a strange thing. How much do you have to drink to get cut off at the private party that you were invited to at a restaurant? Well, it could even be like not even how much they drank. Maybe she's just a flamboyant, flamboyant ball of energy that is. She just or a, he, I don't know who. They're just, they're just who, bright stars like trying to, to shine. It's, it's trying yeah, to have some maybe fun. they're just trying to like, yeah, shine. They, they walked in there and said, "Let's just let's just have some fun tonight." Yeah, and, and that's what they tried to do, but they, had, they got cut off. I've had uh, private parties where the host will like say like, "Hey, stop, like open bar." Like those people are, I know they're abusing it and ordering like forty dollar pours. Yeah, cut, you cut that out right now. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> and that's different. Yeah, but to have somebody just be like, like "No, nah, they're 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 good. They're good. Open bar for everybody else, but they're good." And I get it. If if you're the one that has to deal with it later, and there's some background family stuff or whatever, I get it. Yeah. And it's your party. Maybe Escort these party. two to proof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they were his ride home. <laughs> no, I doubt it. That's my Can DD. We get these guys out of here. Yeah, yeah. straight to our other restaurant. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, some money right over here, right around the corner. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. You're out over here, but you're very welcome over here. Yeah, I've never had a friend tell me I'm cut off before. That's interesting. Yeah, it just based on how he cut them off. I'm not quite sure that they were friends. I feel I feel I felt like it was like the third cousin yeah, of the yeah. family that just like kind of inherently got invited. Yeah, the invite expecting they, them to they, say they, no, and they end up they, showing yeah, up. And then they they knew there was going to be an issue uh, one yeah. way or another. So he was just trying to be ahead of the issue. Good for that couple though. Had a great time. Had a great time. Great time. Great. Time. Sounds like it. Yeah, I I put that down as a good customer of the week. Yeah, great customer <laughs> of the week. <laughs> Bought a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, I hope Victor, who uh, paid for the party, is not listening to this. And was sent uh, home. Yeah. This has now backfired <laughs> on me because she's now our great customer of the week. Uh, yeah. He's the, he's the customer. That's a of the bad week. host of the week. Yeah. <laughs> New segment All right, alert. Let's New let's, segment no, alert. No, no, we're <laughs> no, not doing it. No. Let's keep going on this. <laughs> All right. Thanks for uh, joining what us. What else on did this, you uh, No. Hey, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, <laughs> what a great episode. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to have uh, my boy Nick on, drink some of his fantastic beers. Um, the next time we get together, uh, we're going to do our yearly holiday bottle exchange. I can't wait to argue about who gets what package. Don't worry. I'm going to listen to last year's episode, and we're going to know straightforward. We probably talk I'm def- about it, though. I'm definitely Ubering over here that night because generally the whiskey is flying that night. I'm not driving that night. The whiskey purchase range is from $13.99 to $65.99. <laughs> That's it? All right, yeah. $85.99. No, $65 is fine. $65 is perfect. Let's, let's go from, how about $19.99 to $65.99? Okay. <laughs> I know what's in that. Thirteen to nineteen dollar range. I don't want any of that. <laughs> There's a couple of gems. There's not really. All right, guys. Mellow corn doesn't count. And here we go off the rails. I'm gonna bring it back. <laughs> uh, thanks to Four Roses for all that you do for us. Everybody drink more Four Roses. Their stuff is delicious. 
everybody take care of your bartenders for the holidays. Uh, always take care of your bartenders, but the holidays coming up, they're going to need some money for when it's slow in January and February, so throw them a couple extra bucks. Everybody drink responsibly. Uh, Garrett's been covering that for us for the last 19 days. We appreciate you for carrying the weight on that. Thanks, Garrett. Do my pleasure. And at the next time we get together, we'll also be recapping the year 2023 and talking about what to expect for Sipping Social in the year 2024. Johnny, you want to release the date for our live show number four? I have no idea when it is, but it's in a few months. A oh, month or so. Oh, boy. One month. So he's agreed to this. The producer yeah. has agreed to this. We got Tuesday, January 30th. I thought we were doing February. Uh, we're doing January? Are you being serious? No. We have no idea what we're are doing here serious? at the Sipping Social. So January. Oh Tuesday, January 30th. The last Tuesday in January, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tuesday, January 30th. Live show. 50 tickets available. On sale right now. Two of the three sponsors have been set up. One of them's, no, absolutely both of them are bangers. They're fantastic. And then we're working on the third sponsor, which is also going to be a banger. 50 bucks ahead. 50 bucks. Uh, all of our listeners, you guys are going to have first dibs to it. People who have been to the previous episodes, live shows, they're going to have first dibs on it. These tickets are going to go quick because uh, dry January ends about January 18th. So you're really gonna want to be praying for uh, Tuesday the thirtieth. Well, if anyone's like, no, I'm going the whole month. Well, it's just one. It's just that's the last day. So it's pretty much the last day. Yeah. So we we, we set it up with that. You do dry January, yeah. and then you drink all of January on January thirtieth. Thirtieth with us. Just to make yeah. up. Just make, to make up. Make up for it, right? Yeah. So it's perfect. It's gonna be money. So uh, if you Talk guys about want a podcast, tickets, I'm gonna Uber too. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely Uber into that one. If you guys want tickets, message myself. Message uh, Garrett. Text us. Uh, hit us up on the, the social medias. Uh, we would love to get you guys some tickets. Like I said, they're going to go quick. They always, It always sells out. We always have a great time, and the guests or us are always bangers. We'll passing out some Sipping Social merch as well. Ooh, the merch is coming. Just giving it out. Just giving it away. It's, it's, part, of the, the, it's part of the deal. It's part of the deal. Jenny, you got anything else to, to wrap us up with? No. Um, you guys look light and bright tonight. I think you guys are amazing people, and I'm really glad I get to do this with you guys. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten to do this, and I really appreciate it. Mm. Mm. I agree with you, everything you just said, Johnny. Listeners, be good to each other. Drink responsibly. Be cool. Be Garrett. Love we you. love you. Love you. Wait, did you say be cool, be Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> love you guys. See you at home. First of all, we'd like to thank our listeners, our families, and friends that support us. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tell your friends about us. Big thanks to our producer, Johnny, in the Underground Studio. Also, a shout-out to Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rockin' music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Gary looks good in that flannel on TV. Slimming. <laughs> Garrett always looks good on TV. Whenever you're on like WGN or his shirt's just dripping off of him. WGN or this is better for you. CBS too, right? You're on CBS. Yeah, just, just WGN. The morning show, right? <laughs> With Kathy and Kathy and Hoda. Hoda. <laughs>